Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by B32 Media, as it is every single week. I'm not going to continue to plug it over and over. Hopefully, it will get better sponsors. But just so you know, B32 Media is the company that I created myself that specializes in videography. We do all things social media with creating your content and really just doing the things that you can't be fucked doing. So, look, that's my honest shameful plug of my own business and a little sponsor before we start the episode. This week's episode, we have Mandy Nelson on. She is an author of an upcoming book, Awakening My Spiritual Heart. She is a yoga instructor, a mentor, really just a spiritual guide. Um, And look, I'm going to be honest, we get really deep here. We talk spirituality, we talk Buddhism, we even talk life out there in the universe. Um, And uh, just our thoughts on a few little things like addiction and and the power of thought, uh, intention and, and these sorts of things. So look, it is a bit out there for some people but for for a lot of people that may be into this sort of thing i get real raw i sort of speak how i feel about certain things so it's pretty um i guess nerve-wracking chucking something out like this for me for you guys to hear exactly what i think about certain things and experiences i've had so we had a great time she is just an awesome person i really enjoyed speaking to her so uh, yeah, enjoy Mandy Nelson. Fake news. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The fake news, the enemy of the people. That I call the fake news, the enemy of the people. The fake news. All right, welcome to the show. We have Mandy Nelson on today. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Great, Cameron. Thanks very much for having me here. No worries. I'm actually quite excited about this podcast. I've been looking forward to it. And I just want you to know I don't have, I'm don't. i not a fan of Donald Trump. It's just funny for the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, some people have a bit of a giggle at the start when they hear that. Um, how are you? You going well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, we know each other briefly in passing. Uh, we were just talking about prior to the starting. Um, and uh, recently you've completed writing a book. Mm. Uh, is it uh, Awakening My Spiritual Heart? Yeah. That's correct. Yep, yep. Um, pretty exciting. When is this all coming out? I'm actually receiving my um, first hard copy this week. Oh, very to exciting. To have a proofread. Yep. Um, yeah, so it is exciting. Mm-hmm. It's also very nerve-wracking at the same time. Of course, because you're putting yourself out there, I guess. And Absolutely. Uh, I, you sent me uh, the first chapter to have a little sneak peek read of, and I really uh, I, I was waiting for the next one. I wanted to get into the next chapter, and I really identified, and I really um, I enjoyed a lot of, uh, of what you were saying there. So um, I'm really excited for it to come out. So what, what date does it actually officially launch? Uh, 19th of October. Cool. 19th um, of October is, uh, it's a really special date for me. Yeah. 19th I, of October. Yep. Okay. Um, would you like to explain to listeners? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, my book kind of goes into this, but 10 years ago on the 19th of October, mm-hmm. I started a 10-year experiment and uh, that was to be the best version of myself possible. Mm. So to reach towards that in any direction that I possibly could. So uh, there was a a few circumstances that led to that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And a big part of that decision was for me to stop drinking alcohol. Uh, Yes, okay, 
good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so this is the date you went sober or? Uh, the, day, the day that I stopped drinking alcohol and I went, okay, for 10 years I'm not drinking alcohol. Yep. Wow. So this all kind of, um, the book launch is to coincide with that. Wow. So 10 years um, of sober, it's certainly something I'd love to work towards going sober. I, I do enjoy a drink. I'm definitely less and less and less, but uh, it's... It's certainly something I think um, it plays a factor in your overall wellness, um, not only physically but mentally. Definitely. Um, certainly the days after, it's a very obvious, but I feel like it still has a, a long-term, um, it builds up over time. That you sort of it, it weighs you down a little bit. If you're always drinking and it's your outlet, it's never going to result in a good thing. Oh, look, absolutely. I used to love drinking. Mm-hmm. I was a great binge drinker. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, it, As we all are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I really think that it is the uh, Australian society. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of conditioned into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I find it hilarious because in uh, in India, where my yogic practice stems from, arguably, yep. you speak to the Australian Aboriginals and they say it comes from Australia. Yeah. Okay. And if you have a look at the Aboriginals, the way that they stand with their spears. Yeah. Yes. There's tree pose for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so in India, uh, a sadhu might stand with his arm up in the air mm-hmm. like for 10 years and that would be considered an amazing feat. Yep. In Australia, you stop drinking for 10 years <laughs> <laughs> and that's considered an amazing feat, you yeah. know. So if that speaks volumes about our society. I certainly agree that it's uh, it's part of our culture and mm. it's not a good part of our culture but it's it's just it's it's become the norm for you to go to a pub uh, a bar uh, even a barbecue um, after work just drinking has become a, a a real regular normal part of life for a lot of people and it certainly did for me and I used to and obviously I'm not throwing any stones at my parents but I used to see them come home from work and have mm. a few wines after work or a couple of beers and my dad's cricket mates would come over and have a few drinks and it certainly does have a an effect on your your I guess mindset growing up, and you just think it's a normal way of life. And Absolutely. then you see the ads on TV and the and the yeah the advertising is huge. Absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, the alcohol thing is uh, I mean I I shouldn't say too much. I'm probably going to have a few drinks on Sunday after hopefully with Kale um <laughs> and um <laughs> celebrating a, a well deserved victory uh. He's playing in a grand final. For those of you guys who don't know, um, Mandy's son, um, Kale, plays for a team I used to play for and I support still very vigorously. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be going there this weekend. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely something I keep saying to my wife I want to do. I want mm. to stop or I at least want to have a break. Mm. And there's always something, a, a social event, and it's just expected yep. yeah. that you should have a few drinks. Yeah, and to be fair, um, the social invitations dried up for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, With so that me. obviously helps the situation. But is that is that a good thing, or is it more that you're socialising in the circles that people that don't drink as much anyway, or is it? Well, I'm speaking about initially mm-hmm. when I stopped drinking, and and also to be fair, like when I first stopped drinking, no one believed that I could do it for ten years. Mm. You know, they were a bit. I mean, because Dry July would come along every year, <laughs> yep. and I'd make it. F- through 10 days or two weeks or whatever it was mm. and then someone's birthday yes would happen or something like that and we'd be like oh we'll just have one drink and then i mean but yeah mm. so um yeah 
sorry, I've lost the complete gist of that no, that's, for a moment. That's uh, that's fine. It, but it does. It's it's such a because it is such a I guess a normal thing, and it becomes a habit, almost an addiction. Uh, I would I wouldn't say I'm addicted, but the fact that I can't stop really does suggest it is a bit of an addiction to a certain extent, just mm. like sugar can be an addiction or um, anything can be really addictive in, in certain ways, mm. um, especially if it's your outlet yeah. and your escape. Well, um, I think I think you probably hit on a couple of things there. The first thing being sugar being the addiction. Before I stopped drinking, I, I was never a, a chocolate person yep. I was never kind of a sugar I never had that craving for sugar mm-hmm. because my body was being fed it through the alcohol yes you know and I wasn't a daily drinker mm-hmm. but I was definitely a weekend drinker yep um so yeah once I stopped drinking then I'm, my body craved the sugar so mm-hmm. I wonder whether you're getting your whether it's actually a sugar well I'm, addiction rather than an alcohol kind of that's craving. true I mean I've I gave up sugar mm. uh, well as best I could, um, mm. probably about five, six years ago, where I would, uh, and we can talk about this more later on. Probably where I started my my sort of spiritual development, I guess. Mm. And that word "spiritual" can get a lot of um, heat sometimes and a lot of stigma. But I, I that's where I believe I began mine, and it, mm. it started with re- really like my diet and a few things like that. And and sugar was probably the first thing I got rid of, um, and. Initially, I didn't realize that sugar was in everything. I, I felt thought it was stop putting sugar in your tea and mm. or your coffee or and getting rid of soft drinks and stuff. But I didn't realize it's it's in everything. Mm. And then when I really went sugar free, I had headaches <laughs> and mm. um, like the I guess withdrawal symptoms that you get with any yeah you're detoxing. Yeah. Um, similar to um, I've had I've done fasts um, mm. that last three to four days and two or three days in you start getting those those. Uh, detox symptoms mm. and um and that's what I was getting when I stopped eating sugar <laughs> so yeah. um it's amazing how you are addicted or you dependent on those yeah. those sorts yeah, yeah. of um yeah things <laughs> absolutely um but yeah uh that's certainly that would play that played a huge part in my own personal development i think um mm. the diet and and so on but uh, i mean should uh, what sort of diet do you have you um like do you uh, eat meat are you vegan a vegetarian do you what's the the scenario for you largely vegan yep uh having said that though uh i do uh sometimes eat uh seafood mm-hmm. if i feel like it yep and i will sometimes have eggs too if my body largely i really listen to the needs of my body um as part of becoming the best version of me i i was eradicating a lot of things from my life mm-hmm. um Mainly that occurred through just getting on the mat every single day and practicing yoga for at least an hour, an hour and a half a day. And it was just that my body didn't require these things anymore. You know, I didn't set about and go, okay, well, no longer drinking alcohol. I'm not going to do sugar. I'm not going to do meat. I'm not going to do coffee. They mm-hmm. all just started to fall away naturally because my body just didn't need them anymore. Need them. Yeah. And I was really attuned to what was going on in the body mm-hmm. and listening to those messages. So, Yeah. That's uh, I so um, I agree and identify with what you just said because I went vegetarian. Uh, I didn't go full vegan, but I went vegetarian. I think just after I finished playing football um, at a, a higher level, and then I went through a situation where I had a bad shoulder and I couldn't play for the season. And I I went vegetarian in that in that in that time, and I had never felt better. Like I felt. 
Uh, I didn't need the, the some of the things that I needed, and I wasn't around the football club as much. So the drinking dropped, and and the the social side of things. Um, and then I got the shoulder operation. I decided to keep playing football or dabble in playing football as best as I can. And uh, I, I realised that I couldn't compete or without the the you know amount of training that you do in the higher levels i couldn't compete as well as i could if i wasn't eating meat and this and certain mm. things i felt that it probably wasn't the case but um so then i went back to it because of those things and then the because i was playing football again the the social sides of the drinking upped again and it's now i've realized something i love so much in football is actually it's part of the problem almost because um, it's such a, a culture in that uh I guess you could say you just got to be mentally stronger yourself, but sometimes mm. just ridding yourself of those obstacles is a a good way of doing it as well. Mm. I still sort of dabble in football, but I've decided to put all my passion and and effort into this business that I created and doing podcasts and just being creative and yeah, um, uh, yeah, I have less time for drinking, I have less time for football, um, and I am definitely drawn towards eating a healthier diet and going back to that vegetarian slash vegan diet i think mm. i would probably lean towards similar to what you would be doing largely vegan with mm. dabbling with a little bit of seafood and um definitely i'd chuck in the eggs from time to time depending on how i felt but mm. if, you, if, if i don't need it um, why are you doing it i felt so much better everywhere yep. everywhere i felt lighter um mm. my, my wife might have thought i was a bit skinnier but <laughs> um maybe i could do more weights i guess uh, <laughs> to combat that but uh, barring that, I just never had felt better. Yeah, well, and the di- digestive system works a lot better as well. Mm. Um, I actually did have a steak. Yeah, uh, okay. Only about a month ago. All right. How did you, you go? Oh, because my, my daughter, when I was pregnant with um, mm. my daughter, Kale's sister, yes. um, like I was, um, I crave, I was vegetarian at that point in time mm-hmm. and I craved steak. Yeah. So I ate steak like six days a week. Oh wow. Okay. Peppered steak, chips and salad for dinner every single night. This is a vegetarian. Yep. And like um when she when I mean she's the biggest meat eater you could ever come across. Yeah, like okay. you put a meat uh, a piece of steak in front of her and it's gone within sorry Allah. Gone within <laughs> a couple of seconds. Perfect. You're a bit like, where did it go? <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, I I was out actually grilled with the two of them. We do Monday night dinners and um she I think she was having a Wagyu burger or Wagyu burger or something like yep. that. And I was like, that looks really good. Can I have a can I have a taste? And they're both looking at me going, Wow, okay. Mm. And I just felt like it. So I had a taste and then I got and then for the whole week until Friday, I was really, really feeling like a steak. And I just went, okay. Yep. Like I had to move beyond my own mental, the mental container I've, I had created around that. And yep. I just went, okay, mm-hmm. yep, I'm still feeling like it. I'm going to go for it. So I rang my partner and and um, said, I'm going to buy an organic steak. Do you want one as well? Because yep. I'm not sharing mine. Yep. <laughs> of course, if you're going to go. <laughs> yeah, if I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. So I bought the chips and like had the peppered steak and actually ate the whole thing and I really really enjoyed it. Yep. But um, I didn't feel so good the, over the next couple of days. No. I think the digestive enzymes. I'm, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I know that when I went back to the meat, I had night sweats. Um, yeah. 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 Th- that re- happened to me too. Really bad night sweats, and I used to have it quite bad 
yeah. prior to vegetarianism and that disappeared. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was something to do with digesting the, the, the food overnight, mm. uh, perhaps, or something along those lines. Um, now I eat very light meat. I try and eat uh, chicken and I try and eat still whole foods. I don't... But then, you know, I dabble in, in poor diet. You know, I, I really... I'm, I'm not perfect. I don't pretend to be, but um, I try my best. Uh, yeah. But yeah, certainly as soon as I went back to meat, I felt horrible for about a week and then I mm. adjusted and it just made me think is this how people feel all the time sort mm. of <laughs> but they adjust and it becomes their normal totally I absolutely think that that's definitely the case mm. and that yeah. can happen with a lot of things the, the social norms yeah you just adjust yeah um, even <laughs> something as simple as um, I guess uh, how normal it is for to see uh, gambling ads on television these days it's just normal you don't expect it, uh, anything else from it um, uh, or e- even something as uh, bad as the I guess the sexualization of young younger yeah. women and, and men like yeah. that I guess a while ago would have been very badly frowned upon and now it seems to be quite normal to see a uh, a Miley Cyrus figure, um, obviously very proud of her body and, and, mm. and the way she's living and uh, that's I'm not having a go at her but like it's a very normal thing. People yeah. are just yeah. see it and don't think anything of it anymore. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you just adjust when yeah. it becomes normal. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, I did want to talk to you about a couple of things, and I definitely uh, noticed – I listened to the last podcast you were on, mm-hmm. um, and you talked about addiction and a, a bit of a dark past, and I'm not sure mm. if it's something you want to talk about. But yeah, I'm um, fine. I, f- yeah. I find that – a lot of people in your similar situation, mm. um, they seem to have come from a darker place, mm. I, I think. And sometimes it's the, the, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah. The, the, I really do believe that you do need those dark times sometimes to appreciate the good times. And mm. and sometimes they can, you know, um, force that state of survival where you have mm. to make the changes and you have to do the, the things that are required. And um, is that, I guess, is that something that's happened to you? Or? Yeah, look, to a degree, I mean, um, I, yeah, definitely have been a bit like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, I've also been a strong experimentalist mm-hmm. and, um, you know, when I was actually using drugs to begin with, it was very recreational mm-hmm. and it was fun Yep, and it was experimenting mm-hmm. and like I, I was a straight A student and, um, you know, I remember back in the day in year seven or something, someone saying to me, oh, you know, um, I don't know, they, we were talking about drug use or something like that. And they said, oh, I'm never going to touch drugs. And I'm like, really? Yep. Why not? Like, I'm going to try everything at least once. And they were just staring at me, their mouth open, like this straight A student. Yeah. Like, where was I coming from? Yeah. You know, and so I think, um, you know, I, I've definitely had a very experimental nature and I got to the point... Um, where I was using um, speed amphetamines mm-hmm. and wow. um, injecting amphetamines actually and I got to the point where I could have and I was on a uni break mm-hmm. so I could have gone one way or the other and every person that has had an addiction with, with hardcore drugs and I'd call amphetamines pretty hardcore yep. perhaps not compared to crystal meth these days or anything like that yep. but I back in the day that was certainly yeah yeah and everyone kind of that i've spoken to in a similar situation made that choice mm. to go down that road 
yes. to explore that road. Yep. It wasn't like the drug overtook them. Correct. And they got that. It was like, wasn't like they just fell down the slippery slide kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like they made a choice. Yep. I can either you get to the point in the road where you can go. I can either turn back from here mm-hmm. or I can keep going. Yep. Okay. And which way did you? I chose to keep going. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've certainly. I I am the same. I'm the I'm the guy who, I mean, aside from you know heroin and crystal meth, I've tried almost every everything because I I'm the same. I have the same sort of thing. Like I'd like to experience everything once for myself, and mm. I've never gone back to them or anything like that. Um, uh, the only one I use, and I say this, uh, I guess, <laughs> without pushing drugs, but I use marijuana as my pain relief for my shoulder when I had two shoulder operations mm-hmm. because I didn't like the side effects of the of the pharmaceuticals. Of the pharmaceuticals. They made mm. me feel real, real bad. Um, as well as yeah, s- stomach issues and all that. Um and I that's it's it's not a um a terrible drug, but obviously it's any sort of escape it's it is an escape. Mm. Um and you can you can overuse and um, you can it can turn into a problem in any way. I was lucky enough to not. I'm not addicted to any drugs, and I was able to just go. Yeah, that was fun. I had a great time, or I didn't like it. Whatever. I had my experience, and then that was why I had it to have the experience and just to see what it was like. But mm. some people, uh, like yourself, I guess, decided to keep going. What? Why do you think people decide to keep going? I think it's explorative as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, you know, I can't, people are, um, you know, also there are perhaps certain experiences that have happened within people's lives that they haven't been able to um, come to terms with or they haven't been able to deal with, deal with in, yeah. a, in a positive way. And as you say, you know, drugs are escapism, absolutely. So in in a lot of ways, band-aid, um, drugs band-aid Correct. the underlying issues that I- aren't really being looked at. Yeah, I certainly believe that in so many in so many aspects. Um, mm. There's so many escapes. Even sitting down watching Netflix for ten hours a night mm. is an escape because you, you you're not quite happy with the reality that you live in. So what are you totally. going to do? I'll I'll escape and I'll watch a TV show for eight hours. Um, totally. Uh, and and that's on the other end of the spectrum. But they're still both escapes from absolutely. And and I guess I and I've been pushing that uh, a lot lately. You know, you want to be happy and. A, a good way to be happy is to do something you love eight hours a day. Um, Definitely, that's that's one thing. That's just one of the issues. But I think it's a real overlooked issue that a lot, a lot of people just aren't. If they're not happy um, with what they're doing, uh, you know, how are you going to feel every single day having to <laughs> get up and go and do it again? And 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 it's just a cycle. And what else are you going to do? You're going to want to turn to these outlets, uh, alcohol, uh, drugs, um, even a sport. It can yeah. be, become an addiction to a certain extent. So definitely, um, food. Yeah, food. Um, yeah, sex. Yep. Yeah, yes. Uh, certainly. I mean, I. Uh, um, I'm, I hope. I wonder. I don't know if my mum and dad will listen to this, but I. I had probably an addictive nature to sex, and mm. um, and I, I seen it as not as uh, sacred. Sacred. No, I just yeah. seen it as a, a. Let's go to a nightclub and pick up. Yep. Exactly. And. Um, and it became a, I guess, to a certain extent, an addiction. Um, mm. uh, yeah, and you can turn anything into that sort of addiction, I guess. Um, uh, and then I guess now that I've found someone that I, I 
I genuinely have a good connection with and I, I feel is is like the yin to my yang sort of yeah, she's mm. my uh to in a lot of ways we're opposite mm. but I think it works very well um for her to be a little bit more introvert and I'm extrovert she's um she doesn't drink um mm. I do I love sport she's not too much of a fan but that sort of those opposites um help and mm. and sex is uh she might be embarrassed me saying this. Is sexy. I love having sex with my wife, but it's not a, a huge part of our relationship. It happens when it happens, and and we enjoy it. But it's not a it's not a, a thing we need to do all the time to continue that relationship with that passion. If that mm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you're not addicted to sex with your wife. Cor- correct. <laughs> now that could that, any any number of things people can say. That's uh, that's. that's that's yeah, a they good can. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, there's yeah. no addiction there. No, it certainly shows. I feel that there is a, a more of a, a, I guess, a spiritual, a yeah. self, a, a, a real it's a connection. Sacred union. Yeah, and, and divine it's, union. It's a real connection of. Yeah. Um, which I think is a very good. Not thing. the band aid that you were utilizing before. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she's probably the person I needed to help change a few things in my life, and meeting her was part of my. Um. My turnaround. I wasn't bad in any way. I wasn't an asshole. I, was, I didn't have a drug problem or mm. anything, but I certainly wasn't on the right path and I knew that I wasn't and I could have done better and bigger things. Yeah. And I feel like I've started to rectify that over the last five, six years. Yeah. Um, For me, I found Buddhis- Buddhism was a yeah. huge part of my thing. And at the start, I, I seen it as a religion. Now I don't see it as a religion per se. I see it as a more of a a method um of, Whale's life. Of, yeah exactly it's a it's a, a great way to to of, of self-improvement mm. um to, to self-love uh which is a big part of your book mm. i'm sure um and um really i just seen it i used it as a tool mm. really to create a pathway to where i think i am now um mm. i've got I'm, I'm through I guess practicing Buddhism and and starting through yoga and and meditating, mm. it really helped me uh, develop a sense of empathy for people mm. instead of judging their um, their sort of reactions to me. And mm. if if they were angry at me, I sort of started to think, well, why are they angry? Instead of lashing out back, I had a, a better temperament. And I'm not perfect, of course. Sometimes I yell at my wife yeah, and, yeah. and and even my my little girl and and yeah. friends and and say things, and I catch myself and. I think that's probably a huge thing. I, I was able to watch my yes, thoughts. Yes, um, and that's the biggest. Mm. That is the biggest thing. You know, that is the greatest capacity as a human, mm-hmm. you know, to move out of that reactive space, which, yeah, I mean, I'm still working on as well, you know, but, yep. but learning to respond. And you come to any of my yoga classes and I, I spend at least 10 minutes setting up those parameters, mm. you know, just step into the role of the witness, step into the role of the observer Notice your breath to begin with, you yes. know, and then expand it out and look through your body. Because how many times are we really up close and personal in that way with ourselves? Yes. Are we actually watching the body, watching the mind, watching the breath? Unless many of us are instructed, we're so focused on the external stimulus that yes. we're not taking that gaze within. And that's where the greatest um, path of growth really is. Is, and yeah. and that's why I love watching Scotty, my young daughter. I love watching her grow and develop, and and seeing that she's present 
in mm. every moment. She's not mm. thinking about what's next. She's not thinking about something else that's happening. She is in it. Mm. And it makes me really sort of almost long to be very similar in that sort mm. of way. Not worry. I'm, I'm all for planning and scheduling. And th- these things obviously help you in the 3D material world to mm. succeed and do these sorts of things. But really to be present in the moment and and take on these things and maybe not be stuck on my phone while my daughter's taking her first step or something like mm. this. Like they're, they're or, or not even uh, physically, just mentally thinking about something else um, yeah. while I'm somewhere <laughs> and it's happening right in front of me. These things, I still get caught doing it a lot. But again, being the observer, I can sort of catch myself and go, no, let's be present. Let's be in this moment. And I'm ne- it's it's a thing that you you never stop working on yourself and that self-improvement has been a journey for me since probably 2012 I'd say um for me 2012 2013 mm. and um I always go backwards and forwards and back but I think those peaks and troughs are part of the journey in, in yeah. itself yeah look absolutely in uh yogic terms um there's one of the niyamas. Mm-hmm. So there are eight limbs to yoga. Um, yes. Most people aren't aware of that. Most people think of yoga of putting on their tights and pretty much going to do an aerobic style of yoga. I know this now because I read the first chapter of your book. <laughs> but, <laughs> well done. Yes. Uh, but well, carry on, yes. So there's the first two branches are the yamas and the niyamas. So okay. the yamas are five things that are suggested that we don't do and the niyamas are five things that I suggest, suggested we do do. So mm-hmm. one of those five things is uh, that we do do is svadhyaya, which means self-study. Mm-hmm. So in yogic terms, you're meant to do those first two branches before you even come to the physical practice of yoga, which is the third limb okay. of yoga, which is asana. Yep. But most of us as Westerners don't think of that. We, When you think of yoga, mm. you think of yoga <laughs> of putting on... <laughs> yep. Putting on your like um hundred dollar yep. Lululemon pants, not maybe not well, maybe the shorts for men, you yep. know, and like going into a yoga studio and we're gonna go and practice yoga. Yeah. Yoga is asana. Yoga is not even meditation, mm. but meditation is a facet of yoga. Yes. Within the eight limbs. I've and I've done all sorts of um now so you're talking that side. I I went into it with that mindset. Yoga is gonna be the westernized sort of mm. version of it um you know wearing my 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 sports gear and getting mm. in there and, and and look i actually having done pre-seasons of football and being through some of the hardest training you can do mm. i found yoga actually very challenging physically i was i did a mm. hot yoga and and yep. I, um i've done all, all, a fair bit of yoga but yoga certainly at the start was probably the hardest thing i've ever done mm. um and that's how I took it. I didn't take it as a – it's a whole process. And mm. I didn't uh, look at it from the start, like you said, the self-analysis um, and and so on. I just went there to stretch. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter what leads a person to yoga. Mm. Um, it's really because the more that you practice it, everything is going to unfold. The journey will unfold anyway. Mm-hmm. Whether and, and it's quite interesting because at one of the studios I teach at, there was a particular student – that was all definitely not into any of my woo-woo stuff, yep. right? my, none of my philosophy or none of, definitely not into that. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed over the last seven years or so, had a conversation with her probably a couple of months ago. She came up and she said, oh, wow, I'm reading this amazing book by 
um, Greg Braden and um, Eckhart Tolle, and she's moving right into it, you know. And Eckhart Tolle, he's, his, uh, The Power of Now was the book yeah. that set me. Right. It set me okay. straight. It got me thinking and watching my thoughts. Yeah. That well, was so, the book. So she's moved right into it. She said, And I was just looking at her going, yep. and she said, I know. She said, but I just kept coming. I just kept coming to yoga and I kept coming to my mat and it's all kind of opening up and unfolding for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess um, I don't want to scare those people off that just want to go to yoga for the asana, for yeah. the physical movement. Mm-hmm. But um, it is such a beautiful awakening and a beautiful unfolding. You really get to... Uh, listen to your inner voice and we've all got that inner voice you know that is telling us yep um trying to lead us in the right direction you can call it whatever you want to call it you can mm-hmm. call it call it your higher self you can call it your divine essence yep you can call it you know you can yeah you could call it whatever you wanted to i i, I guess yeah like you said there's no um <laughs> definition or there's no defining it but i i call it my higher self i guess mm. or getting in touch with it and um uh, yeah, people can sort of shudder at the, I guess, the woo-woo stuff. Mm. But I really uh, started like that mm. um, and slowly have just learned uh, – I just identify with it so strongly, the mm. the the spiritual side of things. And, um, again, that word spiritual can get a stigma and people can well, – yeah, what are you talking about when you say spiritual? But it is – I have no other word to describe that growth, but it is spiritual. Mm. And, um, um, yeah, I, I really, um, I guess it's it's hard to put in words, I guess, but I think it's certainly an avenue that you can only go down yourself. Someone mm. can't put you down there, can't tell you to do it, um, or you will fight against that sort of um, way of, go- of, of thinking. But once you start looking down that rabbit hole and, and mm. it goes, you really... You just start taking those things in, I think. Absolutely. Um, and, and certainly it's a it's now a huge part of my life. I um I do affirmations, mm. I meditate, um try to meditate every morning. It's only a ten minute meditation, but it's something that's a good way to start my day. Absolutely. Um and uh yeah, if for whatever reason you need to, you want to do it, whether it's just to, to make yourself more relaxed, I don't I don't care. Well it's definitely a benefit um and certainly the yoga is a a way that people can sort of bridge that um Mm. that sort of those two sort of sites but um what was it that sort of sent you down that sort of path i guess the the going from drinking alcohol and stuff was it and into the i guess like you put it the woo woo side of things there's there's two different sort of sides or is it something when you were young you always had that sort of thought process yeah yeah um I was really blessed actually uh, to um, – my dad was uh, a little bit experimental as well and he mm-hmm. had a lot of, um, you know, friends that were in bands or managed bands or, um, you know, were hippies that lived lived on big acreages and grew pot actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my mum – was um you know they I, w- I was born in the late 60s so I'm a okay. 69 child whereas so my and my parents were only 18 19 years older than me so okay wow so they're the baby boomers you know and yep. um so my mum was very conservative and she kind of pulled my dad into line and and they got pregnant and 
they got married as you did back in those days and so I had these influences around me through my dad Mm-hmm. which were fairly experimental. Yep. And one of my dad's friends, uh, when I was about eight years of age, um, he ended off ended up taking off to uh, – have you heard of Osho before? Osho. Yeah. No. Okay, there's a new pathway for you. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. The Orange People, you might have watched that show on Netflix. Um, no. There's a show on Netflix, can't remember what okay, it's called, cool. but it's about the orange people and Bagwan was their leader. Yeah, okay. And um, so it was really big. Orange County or something like oh, that? Oh, no. Uh, yes, I did. I did watch it with the lead, the, the, the one guy. The yeah. Lead. Yes. Oh, for the life of me, I can't remember. Yes, I have watched it. Yes. It might come back. So yes. he went off and left his sports car with us and all of his books. Okay. And so he went to this this. Yeah, he went over to cult, America. for lack of a better yeah, yeah. word. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were left with his books and my sister and I got right into Wild the books. Wild Country? Wild Country, that's it. Wild Country, well that's done. it. Just come back to the Yeah, head. yeah, yes. yeah. And yep. so that was where I first discovered yoga. Wow. Okay. And uh, actually, probably, probably was about seven, I think, because of, and so we were doing these like yogic poses, mm-hmm. and um, we were exploring meditation, reading these meditation books, and uh, we actually used to, to hold seances, my sister and my cousins and I. So, like, we were always, I was always, and I uh, always very interested in different spiritualities. There were people across the road that used to go to Sunday school and. We weren't brought up under any religion, so it was all kind of like explore what you want to and decide what you want. So um, we, yeah, went off to – I went off to Sunday school for a bit. And um, so I've always had – I've always been very interested in beyond what it was that I could see. Yes, beyond, beyond the, the realm, yep, yep. Okay, I was always very interested what's behind that other door. Yes. You know, so – and I – did gymnastics that was my thing mm-hmm. i did gymnastics uh for 10 years and um was aiming to go to the olympics oh, wow okay. yeah i don't know whether that was really a reality but <laughs> that was my aim and i got up to level nine it goes to level 10 at level 10 you're kind of but i ended up breaking my arm and that was the end of that so oh. i was training probably 20 25 hours a week and yeah, wow. that was it was hardcore so mm. from a very early age i became aware of what to put in my body, how my body worked mm. best at optimum. You know, I had no fat, absolutely. There was no body fat. It was yep. just quite – so I understood discipline and I understood the machinations of the, the body and what the what the physical body can do. Mm-hmm. And then all of that came crashing down mm. when I broke my arm, when I was practicing and I shouldn't have been. <laughs> oh, that's no good. Yeah. How did that – how did that – make you feel like there's something you put so much effort into mm. and then a broken arm is obviously that's a well that's out you're out of uh training and 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 com- competition for quite a while obviously three months actually, and then the strength and, yeah. the, and the ongoing issues with a broken arm well they it, they it never they couldn't put it back together properly wow so my alignment was out so they uh I broke it the first time and then they rebroke it again because it wasn't it wasn't growing correctly and it still didn't happen the second time. So that was the end of my gymnastics. Yeah. And uh, I was yeah, fifteen, almost sixteen at that point, which mm-hmm. is a crucial time. That's yeah, they're always quite young when they're competing at Olympic level. Um, yeah. So that's the age, isn't and, it? And and crucial 
mm. in adolescence kind of like where you're at. That was my whole sense of who I was, my whole sense of identity. Mm. I was Mandy the gymnast, you know. Yeah, okay. So I lost all of that as well. So I think at that point that was, um, well, that was definitely uh, when I became more experimental. And I guess it was peer group pressure for me. You know, I, I sampled different drugs and I became, mm. I started drinking a little like binge drinking yeah. because I was trying to fit in somewhere and because I was used to being the best yes, or aiming to be the best, yep. maybe, maybe, who knows, I'm <laughs> kind of making this up on the spot, but who knows, you yeah. know, maybe that had something to do with um, with the pathway that I took. Yep. I mean, if I hadn't have broken my arm, mm. then it's highly likely that I still wouldn't have been putting those kinds of poisons into my body. Mm -hmm. But that obviously wasn't my path. But the path, yes, I think everything happens for a reason. Totally, totally. And, and the, uh, these people can roll their eyes at uh, at some of the the stuff that I I believe in, but I mean, I can't deny what I've seen in my in my past and what I what I've experienced and um and it, it, like frankly I've seen I've seen ghosts or, mm. or spirits before um and very very clearly um in my room and uh I've seen orbs mm. um uh, recently as well so I'm not yeah. a, this is not like a a, a young five-year-old thing like I was 26 27 28 years old when I was starting to see these things I guess when I started my um, spiritual awakening, spiritual awakening um, yeah. blue orbs uh, mainly um, and and this is a raw thing for me to put out I don't talk to this talk about this to anyone so uh, um, yeah it's a, a big thing for me I guess um, I've seen uh, ships in the skies yeah. now whether or not they're uh, <laughs> I I've guess, seen lots yes and I don't no one can tell me what I've seen. So I'm not going to convince anyone that this is real or true, or, or th but this is what I know. I can't deny what I've seen. Hmm. Uh, I don't know the facts about what it is and, and, and stuff, but I, I can't deny what I've seen. So it, it certainly has put me on uh, this journey. I guess people can go, right, you're either spiritual slash religious on this side or there's life on other planets and they put them in these two different spectrums i think but for me somehow this whole journey has put them both together me too um and now i'm i'm not talking about conspiracies where the government is meeting with little green men and stuff like that who knows what's going on there that could be happening that could not be happening i have no idea but i certainly believe that if you don't believe that there is other life out there um you you need to check your mathematics because it's nearly mathematically impossible that there is no other life you can argue that they're not here and they're not in contact but even even so i feel like there there is some sort of a sense of the involvement mm. here um and i i'm noticing the things and i see them and um i don't know if that is that something that you see or is that a something you believe in i guess what that there's life on other planets yes and a sense of involvement here or whether it's spiritual whether it um i'm not sure about well um government stuff but that's not really an expertise of mine or anything like that but certainly spiritually i feel in yeah 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 i i agree um i just got back from mount shasta recently mm -hmm. um, mount shasta's in california okay in america and um 
that it's said to be Mount Shasta's said to be the heart chakra of the world, but okay. Um, and below is said to be Telos, which is okay. have you heard of Telos yes. before? Yes, for those people that don't know, so Telos is like an underground city, mm-hmm. and it is uh, the underground city of uh, Lemuria. Yes, the Lemurians. Yep. Yeah. So that is Mount Shasta's meant to be above that. Okay. And I can't deny the energy that I felt there. So uh, I was on a spiritual initiation with a lady called Tiara Kamara, mm-hmm. who um, has a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been doing her work. Uh, I did her work with my mum before my mum passed. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten years ago, uh, she was doing Children of the Sun and um, just encouraging people to step into their best version of themselves. And really that was it, what I went to do um, yeah, it was an extension of that work. Uh, so we had a gatekeeper of Mount Shasta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people might might think, oh, this is really woo-woo. Well, you know, it probably is because it exists beyond this 3D yes. matrix yep. that we're conditioned and programmed, in, programmed into believing is the truth. Correct. However, you know, I, I can't deny what it is that I experienced while I was in Mount Shasta and the energy there was just so incredible. Mm. Um, there were vortexes mm. that you could tangibly feel the energy and I would say, okay, um, allow my body now, my physical vessel now to release anything mm-hmm. that is not in alignment with this particular frequency. Mm-hmm. Within a couple of minutes, I'd have to run behind a tree as whatever needed to be expelled from my physical wow. body was expelled. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. These are, and, and like these sorts of, I guess, um, what would you call them? Uh, spots uh, or, you know. Energy uh, vortexes. Yeah. Around the planet. They're, yes. They're, they're everywhere. And I know there's some certain points and Anchor Wat is a place that I'd really like yeah, to go. Yeah, I've um, been there too. To visit, and I've, I've heard the energy is really good there. The, the pyramids of Giza and these yep. sorts of things, and it does seem to correlate with, uh, you know, ancient, um, ancient, mar- uh, what would you call them, uh, markers around the earth. Absolutely, absolutely. We we did see ships as yes. well. We went out on the Friday on this trip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and. Like, uh, were they ships as in orbs or were they just lights or were they... No, they were lights. They yes. were lights. And they, okay. were, they were undeniably... The movement like there were There were planes coming over. Yes. They weren't planes. Because mm-hmm. they, yeah, in the way that they were moving, um, yeah, they were definitely ships. Um, the ship that I seen when I was younger um, was... And now I've sort of come to through my sort of looking into it years later. Um, is a very common ship that is seen. It's the three. It's a triangle one with the three lights on the bottom, mm-hmm. um, and it sits there hovering silently above you. And yeah. I was with there with a fair amount of family and friends, and we were all just having a barbecue at the front yard of all things. I do remember it clear as day. Now I've seen that that may or may not have been. I guess just. Uh, what would they call it? Black Operation Government sort of mm. testing things. I guess I would never clue what that is, but I know what I saw. Yeah, um, you can't you can't take no. that back. Um, no. So regardless, uh, we have either very very good anti gravity uh, silent machines that can just hover above you, um, or uh, there was something else. Yeah, uh, at play there. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't uh, know if uh, I really actually I didn't think this conversation was going to go there. But this is uh, something that I don't really ever talk openly and honestly about with other people. So mm. it's actually good to talk about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, I've told people I've seen a ghost before, and I've I've I've, I've talked like this with a few people but very very rarely uh, it's not it's not it's not the it's almost frowned upon i yeah. guess to talk like this yeah 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 but um, that's interesting isn't it yes why is yeah that? um is it because it's fearful because it's not really explained exactly maybe the the fear of not knowing um letting go and 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 just and not being in complete control of the situation is a fear-based um, reaction. Surrendering. Surrendering yourself. And that's a, a, another thing that I learned through Buddhism and through my spiritual mm. journey is surrendering yourself and letting go. And I can even do it at times where I, I get angry if I'm walking the dogs and the dogs are walking around and they're not in quite within the vicinity that I want to be with. And I noticed this two days ago. They're not w- within an area that I want them to be with, but they're not doing any harm they're not causing any trouble but i'll call them and that one there that you're looking at over there doesn't come back now if i just let go now this is a very simplified version of it if i just let go and just say no she's fine she'll come to me when we go i am a lot happier (laughs) if that makes sense (laughs) if i'm calling out to her saying come back come back um and she's not i start to get angry and then i was sitting there walking i was just let let go just let her wander around have her fun she's not chasing anyone she stays close enough to me and then I was calm again. And that's mm. a very simplified version of what I'm talking about. But mm. you can do that with anything in life. Just let go and let... No, oh, let go of the control. I know. Let going, letting go of the control. Yeah. Is Ishvara Pranidhana. Okay. I don't know all the words. That but is, you, that is uh, another one of the Niyamas, which is the second limb of yoga. Ishvara Pranidhana. It, it rolls off the, su- the tongue so beautifully. It does sound very nice. Ishvara Pranidhana. <laughs> I love the sound of it. Yep. You know, and, and it's a continual practice for mm. me. A continual, absolute so, continual yeah. practice. And, and that's, again, we're talking, uh, I guess it comes full circle, talking about, um, I guess, yeah, you you can watch yourself and you can see these things and you can go, right, don't beat yourself up. You've just mm. done it. Let's just assess the situation and move on. And then next time I'm going to try it a little bit differently. Exactly. Like I think that's a, a big part of it. Um, but yes, um, I've noticed recently, so uh, I've been uh, I've been da- uh, dabbling with, you know, the uh, the moons and the, and the cycles and, and um, I, the past full moon recently has had a huge effect on me, like energy-wise, and um, I felt like perhaps I was in a um, uh, things coming back to me to for me to learn from sort of mm. stage perhaps um and I, I i over the past week or two have, have started to make the right movements forward again and i feel like the the last month is something i needed um and i've learned from those sorts of things uh, again this is considered a woo-woo topic but how much of an effect do you think like the moon cycles the planets those things do they Obviously, you believe this, but the, what what sort of effect do you think they have on us? Well, I mean, it just it makes sense that they have an effect on us because if you have a look at the tides, the, I, I use this example all the time. If the yeah. moon, moon can affect the and tide, and we're seventy to eighty percent water, correct? Then of course they're going to have an effect upon us. Um, they many 
women's moon cycles mm-hmm. or menstrual cycles mm-hmm. become in tune with the moon. Okay, wow. Yeah. Well, that, so, so yeah. yeah, so, um, you know, whether whether that means that they're they're bleeding on the full moon or whether they're bleeding on the new moon, they will they will always come into uh, cycle with yeah. the moon. Yeah, so, okay. and if you have a look at scientific studies in hospitals mm-hmm. and to do with paramedics and our police, crime rates go up, mm. hospitals get busier mm. over the full moon. So there's your kind of scientific evidence. Yeah. Um, and then I know that in my um, in my work when I'm teaching when I'm teaching and talking to people and when I'm talking with my friends and basically what happens for me is I tune in how am I feeling mm. and often I think um, because of the role that I hold within the community I tend to experience these things before they actually hit mm. so. I tune into how I'm feeling and what's going on for me and then I start talking to others around me and see what they're experiencing as well. And inevitably, 90% of the time, it's exactly the same what I've just been through. Mm. And so then I will, because I, I write full moon reports every every month yep. and have done mm-hmm. for the last 10 years or so, mm-hmm. um, just basically because I tune in to the moon and also because when I was a kid I used to love to howl at the moon <laughs> really <laughs> really Howling. and then like for years afterwards like you know full moons you always want to go out I don't know about that but like I yeah. used to because the energy would be so strong in me I would want to go out so I would exacerbate on full moons I wouldn't need to drink any alcohol or take any drugs or do anything like that but I would want to Mm. I would want to exacerbate that and so many full moon nights didn't end up so nicely because of exacerbating an already very full energy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think full moons, well, without a doubt, full moons affect you. Yes. Will they affect me? Yep. I mean, I certainly uh, notice things and I think it's one of those, it's like an adjustment of your norms like we were talking about before. When it becomes something you just start before you knew it existed you you really didn't notice anything but when mm. you see it for the first time then you can't look away it's one of those sorts of uh the, is it the react reticular activated system in the brain i think it's called where you know if you're not looking for something you won't see it yeah yeah because your brain is sorting and piling filtering through yeah, yeah, so totally. many different things coming yeah. through so this this sort of idea of that if you're not looking for it you won't see it if you're not looking for the color red mm. and how many things did you see that were brown? I yeah. think Tony Robbins uses that example. Yeah. Um, you you won't see bugger all of it, but when you start looking for the colour brown, yes. you will see it everywhere. Absolutely. So I'm starting to notice that with all of these things because Absolutely. I'm looking for these things, I'm seeing these signs and I'm seeing it. Um, and I, I just, uh, yeah, for me it's now become undeniable that the life path I'm on is, I, it's for a reason. And mm. now I have to try and help others do the same. And yeah, no, I, I don't have to push them. No. But be there as... A shining light. Yes, an example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. An example of what can be done. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's a big reason as to why I've put my book out, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always known that I was going to write a book, mm-hmm. um, probably from the age of about... Well, actually, I used to love writing at school, uh, but I knew from the age... Actually, after I'd seen a ship. Yeah? Yep. 
when I so it's interesting that you have yes. connected in with this and we haven't had any real no. conversation before this so this is quite astounding yeah. and actually quite a synchronistic moment really I, I do notice synchronicities quite a lot you know the the, the numbers at mm. the right times and and uh, you know you can get some small coincidences I guess sometimes but sometimes it's just undeniable uh, what what has just happened and the yeah. synchronicity of the even just the other day literally a week ago I told um, my young intern I'd love to just do this podcast talking on the radio this mm. would be my ideal job like mm. uh, out of everything it's probably the thing I enjoy the most out of the my, my video making I love actually I'd really do enjoy that but the thing I love the most is this the, mm. just sitting back talking shit really um having a yarn and just ex- and having conversations you couldn't normally have around a coffee table um and then last yesterday i got called by a radio station asking me if i was interested in co-hosting a breakfast radio show awesome so i put that out there in the universe yeah not a week ago and then yep. five five days later i get a, fantastic a call i yep. didn't Put, I didn't call. I didn't put any effort in. They noticed this podcast and called me. Fantastic. And, um, I I don't I don't think that's a coincidence. I think putting that out there and saying it and it draws those sorts of things to you. People can say, "Oh, what a coincidence!" But that's for them to think. I think that's not a coincidence. I think that that shows that you're on the right path. Yes. When those synchronicities happen, mm-hmm. that for me is confirmation that I'm on my right path. Yes, uh, you, you put something out there in the universe, yeah, and you, and uh, to a complete other scale, you look at someone like a, a Conor McGregor um, as an MMA fighter. He says what he wants to do, and he goes and does it. He puts it out there for people yeah. to be able to hold him accountable. Um, but he also envisions it, and I I love the the power of thought, the power of the mind, and and visualization. And uh, Doctor Joe Dispen- yeah. Dispenza, I think is his name. Yeah. Like really, just those sorts of and I think there's a community of people that are all on that same path, mm. but they're probably a little bit afraid to actually say that that's the path they're on. They're in the, mm. into those sorts of things. There's some people who are quite open and honest about it. And and to be honest, this is one of the first times I've really spoken publicly or, uh, um, yeah, I guess to a broader scale about mm. it. But, yeah, that's that's just how I feel. I think the power of thought, the power of mind is real. Um, oh. Without a doubt. And, and our cells, mm. the cells of the body are listening to absolutely every thought that you have. Yes. Absolutely so, every thought that you have. And that's why it's important to, I guess, watch your thoughts to a certain extent and not be, I, I, I can have a terrible thought sometimes and then initially want to beat myself up for having that terrible thought and go, what are you doing? But then that's not, that's not what it is. It's just a thought. Mm. Um, move on. Or, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's the case. I, I think a really important part of that is particularly for women, right? Um, and men are probably the same, but I haven't had an experience this lifetime in a man's body, so I can't speak for a man. Mm-hmm. But for, for a woman, you know, you might stand in front of the mirror and you might go, oh, God, I wish my, st- my stomach's a bit fat or whatever. Yep. You know, whatever part of the body it is, rather than looking at the... 90% of the body that you're really happy with or yes. what, rather than focusing in on that part that you're really happy with, mm-hmm. you focus in on that, you zero in on that part that you're really not comfortable with at all. Yep. And so what messages are you sending to that part of the body? Mm. You know, and and this is the whole, um, a real breakthrough in healing illness and in 
in maintaining longevity of if, of the body mm. is to really be mindful of the directives that we're sending to our body. I certainly uh, sometimes, uh, and and this is because I believe so strongly in the power of thought and mind and mm. and this. I sometimes have to go, oh shit, stop thinking that because I'll sit, I'll sit there in the sun ha- having a sun bake and. Um, and chill and doing some of my work and then go, oh, I don't want to be out here. I'll get skin cancer or something like that. And that's and I go, oh, can't be thinking like that because I feel that the power of the mind is such a powerful yes. thing that it it won't be the sun that causes it. It's it'll like it will be, be my mind that will cause it. And totally. people can say, no, it's the other way around. But I don't believe that. I truly believe in the power of the mind. Yes, and, I agree And with what you. it can create. And it yeah. can, if it can fix... Um, any sort, of, a lot of sicknesses. We know the the um, what's the uh, thing when you have a test? It's a fake pill and placebo. Placebo. We know the placebo effect is real. Yeah. So if you can cure a disease that you've got or a, yep. an ailment that you've got by having a fake pill and it's your mind curing, we know that there's a lot more to the mind and the brain than um than people think. Really. Oh, absolutely. Um. And I certainly think it can make you sick, um, not just our use. thoughts. Yes. Oh, totally. Thoughts we can, can make you sick in. as well yeah. as it can make you healthy. Yeah. Um, so that's why I catch myself when I'm out there going, I don't want to get skin cancer. <laughs> it's a bad thing to do and say. So I, uh, um, I'm like, no, this is the sunlight. Is a I find it a form of nutrients. You know, yes. like uh, the moonlight is a form of nutrients. Uh, earthing these things. Some people laugh at, but I truly believe in them. And if people can laugh, but since I've been doing this, my path is so much better than working in a sheet metal factory. <laughs> yeah. Eight, nine, ten hours a day. Not not hating my life, but I just was not on... On your path. I was not on a path of anything. Yeah. I was just going to be a person that did nothing. Did their look, nine to five... Monday to Friday, got pissed on the weekends because they couldn't stand the life that they were living. Correct. Woke up on Monday morning, did it all over again. Did it all over again. Got pissed again on Friday. Yeah. And, and that's the way that we're conditioned correct. to pay the mortgage. Like we're yeah, it it we are conditioned and programmed to think that that is the be all and end all. Mm. But I think you know at some point, many of us end up having spiritual awakenings, and these are happening to a lot of people upon the planet at this point in time, which is why it's so important that there are way showers around, as you are, Mm -hmm. in order to create the bridge between normalcy, Mm. those of you that can't (laughs) see, I'm doing the quotation Quotation marks marks there, normalcy, (laughs) and spirituality maybe, or whatever you want to call it, but really I call it stepping into who you really are. Yeah. Came to be. And this is definitely why I put a post up yesterday saying I will teach my daughter to be happy, not wealthy. Mm. And um, yeah, I just, I, the, the money, the income, those things, they come uh, as a as a sort of a, a bit of sweet irony. You you sort of give up the, the income and, the, and the, the luxuries of life to follow a path of, of um, enjoyment and, and things you love. And then after a while, those things create an income for you. And, and money is not the what makes the world go around. Well, it does. But <laughs> money is not the most important thing in life. But if you need it, which mm. we do, this is the world we live in, mm. you might as well earn, do, earn it doing something you love. Totally. Um, yeah. For me, that's what it, Absolutely. it's all about. I tuned into that inner voice. I mean, I'd been listening to it for many years. It had been, um, yeah, 
it, it had always been prevalent. You know, I'd always kind of been a little bit open to it, a little bit left field. Mm. Um, but I really, 10 years ago, October the 19th, I made that decision to just follow that voice mm. and just see what happened, What listen to that guidance and just follow that. Mm. And my life over the last decade has unfolded so unbelievably which I need to change and so so incredibly believably yes magically yes that I couldn't have written it better if I tried mm. you know I totally agree I just I, I the intentions that I set myself probably 2 or 3 years ago I remember sitting around and I had this urge that I loved making videos and I loved filmmaking and and these sorts of things and and podcasts and I I loved media really mm. And I said to the guys at work, I'm going to uh, quit this job one day and I'm going to do filmmaking or I'm going to make videos or something along those lines. And they, a couple of them scoffed and jeered. And uh, one of them was actually quite supportive. He's like, you can do it, mate. Like, that's good. But the, the rest of them, they, they wouldn't remember me ever saying that. But mm. I fucking certainly remember it. And mm. I used it almost as my motivation. But uh, I, I manifested the reality that I genuinely i guess uh envisioned for myself mm. i envisioned you know having the time during the day to be able to do the things i love mm. um, to spend time with my daughter and my family and um that's a huge part of my happiness mm. not necessarily all as well as doing what i love when i'm working mm. i get the time to take my daughter to a park or mm. um you know, go play golf with a friend or I got paid to play golf with my dad the other day, which I was just, that. that's sort of, the, that's the life I yeah, envisioned. Yeah, living you know, the like dream. Yeah, I am living the, Your my dream. dream. Now for someone yeah. else, they might like, nah, I don't want to do that. But mm. theirs might be making pottery for a living or it could Absolutely. be, it could be they don't want to do anything and they just want to sit on a beach. Well, look, yeah, there's ways to do that, like passive income and mm, some people absolutely. scoff at passive income but that's a, a genuine thing you can mm. set up online businesses and certain things so like if you envision something you can do it absolutely um and it's a, just about setting the intentions and and then putting the steps in in place yeah but i feel like the biggest part of it is the mental side of things um, yeah and moving beyond the conditioning the programming mm. uh the old belief systems um and, and for me, that way has been yoga and meditation. Mm. You know, the physical practice of yoga, meditation, moving the monkey from the mind. Yes. Uh, that has been my way to do that. It's something I need to get better at. I need to well, not get better at, but... Practice more. Practice more. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, get, I don't make the time to do it. Um, and certainly getting rid of football is going to free up that time. Um, mm. to be able to, instead of going to training on a Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday night, I can go do yoga on a Wednesday night or, and make it more of a regular occurrence. I try and do my own. Yeah, do mornings. your own. That's fantastic. I, I get That's a YouTube clip just, up and yep, just and yep. I just listen to that and I'll do the stretches and the poses and, yep. and whatnot. Um, All the magic happens in your own practice. Mm. So, I was, you know, go to these yoga classes, um, yoga experiences, I call them, mm. in order to gain the skills mm. and go back in to check in with teachers and learn some new stuff. But all of the magic really happens mm. in creating your own discipline 
which you would be well aware of discipline yes with the amount of training that you've done yeah manifesting and creating that discipline showing up for yourself first thing in the morning getting up that hour earlier that half an hour earlier and basically doing your practice yeah that yeah. certainly i totally agree mm. um so we'll uh we'll look at sort of starting to end it um you've got a few things coming up i guess well obviously the book release um you do your yoga sessions is there anything you sort of want to plug over over the next mm. few weeks that's coming up well we're going to india in a couple of weeks if anyone wanted to jump on board wow uh, re- a retreat or your own personal just it's to a pilgrimage yeah okay yeah cool. yeah so um we've held this is the second one we've held this year mm-hmm. uh, uh we do have a spot for one male oh if if anyone's interested. Oh, uh, I could chat to you about that after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, it's amazing. Mm. It, we're talking about energy vortexes. Mm. Rishikesh is uh, a transformational space. We're right near the Ganga, uh, the Ganges River. Yes. We go bathing in there. Um, yep. So we're not, we're right at the point where uh, the water is very fresh. It comes down from the Himalayas. Okay, nice. So very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah. It's amazing. So divine. We, <laughs> yeah, we go. We, we see all the sadhus, the sages. Um, you know, there's particular gurus there, but everyone that's come with us um, had unbelievable. Uh, I'm saying unbelievable again, John. I can hear him in my ear. We do this <laughs> to each other all the time. We pull each other up all the time. Yeah. Like. Turn that around. Mm-hmm. Believable transformations, incredible transformations. Mm. And she will, I'm talking about the river herself here yes. and the space herself, she will manifest these within your life. Mm. Um, and you won't be the same person when you come back. And when you look back six months later, she will have transformed you. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. So we've got that happening. Um, that's the uh, 2nd of October to the 10th of October. Yep. Um, and then I start up beach yoga again shortly. On the Monday mornings? No, Sunday mornings? I actually it? do um, I do yoga every Monday from 6 until 7 p.m. at the Malalu South Malalu, Club. yes. But I also start up beach yoga when the weather gets warmer. Okay. Down at Malalu Point yep. on a Saturday morning. Perfect. Um, I'll start scheduling that in. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's absolutely beautiful. Sometimes I get musicians down to yes. play as well. Uh, tribal yoga will be starting up again, which we hold on full moons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, summers usually get quite busy, actually. Um, is it the cacao ceremony? Oh, we do cacao ceremonies in the teepee. Can you, before we finish, can you yeah. explain to me exactly what this these sacred cacao ceremonies are? Like what, what's involved and, and what why is cacao such a... Uh, such a pivotal part of it. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Is, it well, too, is, that, is this an in-depth long? <laughs> I'll, I'll make it quick. It's so cacao basically um, is the basis of chocolate, mm-hmm. but it's the purest form. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's very heart opening. I've got a t- uh, packet in there. Okay. In my pantry. Powdered. Powdered? Powdered. Okay. I don't know if that's as good. It, it's still good. Um, yeah. So it, it's very <laughs> heart opening mm-hmm. uh, and it, it, uh, whatever it is that you add to the cacao, so um, I don't mean as an ingredient, although those that make cacao drinks mm. would argue with me at that point, and that's a whole other subject but that I don't have time for. Yep. But um, so, for example, if you're going to go dancing, yes, it's going to it's going to heighten that. Okay. Or if you're going to do meditation, it's going to make that deeper. If you're going to do yin yoga, it's going to 
drop you deeper into that. So whatever you add mm-hmm. after the cacao, it's going to be a deeper, more enriching experience. Mm-hmm. So it's a plant medicine. Yes. So to speak. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. So does that kind of... No, that's exactly right. I, I, uh, that's what I wanted to know because I see them from time to time and I, th- I just... I, I've I haven't only seen your posts. I've seen other people do yeah. these sorts of things, and and I I didn't know what the what the importance of it was. So oh, so beautiful. Um, yeah, it's certainly something I might have to join one of yeah. the next ones that you you um organise. So you take a medicinal dose, okay. okay? So it's more than just putting a couple of teaspoons of cacao in your smoothie drink and going, I'm not really get what getting what they're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, it is uh, like it's it's amazing, and particularly you know uh, we have soundscapes, and the sounds mm. are just incredibly yes beautiful. And I'm all for these kind of ways of showing people that you can um, enhance or experience life to a deeper level. Yes. You know, to step out of the mind and allow yourself to exist more from the heart. Yeah. Which is what we've really been talking about. The whole morning. Yeah, yeah, follow, yeah, following your 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 heart, your your intuition. And as men, you might say that's your gut. Your gut, yeah, yeah, you your know, gut feel. Your gut feeling. It's exactly the same thing. That is the awakening the spiritual heart, which is the hiradhyaya, mm-hmm. which is above the heart. Yeah, I uh, love it. Um, all right, thank you so much for today. It's been a great chat. Uh, I'm sure some people will listen to it and sort of go branchy what the fuck are you talking about but um uh, i've put myself out there as uh what i believe and and mm. i think a lot of people sort of generally thought that about me anyway um i sort of say some things sometimes so but um uh yeah look it's been a great chat uh mm. really appreciate that make sure everyone keeps a look out for you the book uh yes. what is it uh, awakening my spiritual heart yeah yeah the launch is on the 19th of october awesome at Northside hub cool uh, from there's a VIP yoga class first if you wanted to come to that from one till two you might like to come as my guest perfect yep, yep. and then from two till five uh, there is the opening I have Birajya um, some Aboriginal dancers doing nice. and a friend of mine Joe Collard who is in the book as well mm-hmm. big story about him and I together mm-hmm. big uh, uh, family history story he's going to be there doing a welcome to country yep um Musicians, actually, there's a few. There's one that hasn't yet to be confirmed that I can't really talk about it, but it's very exciting. There's lots of and cacao. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm there. That'll so, be great. Um, yeah, so that'll be out the 19th of October. Mm. Love to see. I'll make sure I get the, the launch. I'll make sure I get the links and, and yeah. some dates and stuff in the uh, description of this, yeah. um, perhaps. But. Yeah, that'd yeah, be fantastic. That'd be awesome. It's all very exciting. I'm loving the direction that I see a lot of people go. Mm. And um, having an open conversation like this yeah. on a podcast that doesn't normally sort of focus on these sorts of topics, I think it's going to be good to get it out to some of the people who just yeah aren't exposed to these sorts of ideas. Absolutely. It's been, it's been such an honour. Thank you, no, Cameron. Thank you for coming on. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and I will see you soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks very much, Cameron. Fake news. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The fake news, the enemy of the people. That I call the fake news the enemy of the people. The fake news.